There's three types of people in this world. Those that don't learn, those that learn from their own mistakes. Yes. And the smart people who learn from others' Other mistakes. mistakes. Yes. And if you want to be a smart person and learn from our whiskey buy mistakes, then stick around. Thank you all so much for being here today on this grand occasion where we go over the top 10 whiskeys that we regret buying. Yes. But before we get there, we have to give a shout out to our people, the Patreon. Patreon. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this journey and supporting the channel, most importantly, because that's exactly what you're doing. Supporting the cause, supporting the mission, and we want you to know that it's not just a thankful and a gracious donation. We want to get you something in return. So that's why we have so many member benefits like bonus content, special offers, distillery takeovers, barrel picks, in-person meetups, virtual bottle shares, the list goes on and on and on, and not to mention the discounts on all the really cool merch you can get. So if you are not currently supporting the channel and you want to get in on some of those benefits, head over to the Patreon, use the link in the description below, mm -hmm. and I guess it's disclaimer time. It is disclaimer time. So we normally do not do this type of thing. No, we don't. We are going to mention specific brands, specific bottles that we regret purchasing. Yes. Um, but we'd like to just state that every whiskey that's ever been made, uh, that, that made it into a bottle that's in your house was someone's passion. Right. Okay. And it only happened because of massive sacrifice and investment. And for that reason, we don't like to trash brands. Uh, and we recognize that for all of these bottles, there's a drinker that loves these whiskeys. Right, exactly. Okay, and uh, most of our mistakes right. uh, were because... We should have known or we could have known that this purchase was the wrong quality price ratio for us or uh, that the motivation to buy it was something other than, you know, it matching up well with our palate. Right, exactly. So, you know, just keep that in mind. So leading off with my uh, first bottle that I regret buying, it is Kentucky Owl Rye. Ooh. Now, if you watched any of my top rye episodes, you know that Kentucky Owl Rye Batch 1 is one of my favorite ryes of all time. Wow, yeah. Uh, so that inspired me that when they'd release new ones, I would buy them. Mm -hmm. um, but after batch one, they dropped the proof and they raised the price about 50%. Wow, yeah. And uh, so this is a batch two. It doesn't have the uh, tamper seal mm -hmm. on it. It's got like a little copper penny top on the, yep. on the cork. I can tell which ones are batch twos from, from that. across the room. Yeah. And every since batch one, uh, if I've bought a Kentucky Owl Rye, I regretted it because at $189 MSRP, it's just not worth it for me. Yeah, and that's amazing for, for a rye to be on your top five rye list and then the very next batch for it to not only drop off the top five, but to drop to like one bottle you regret. It's, yeah. a, it's a big difference. So that just tells you that the difference that can happen between batches and then obviously the pricing that makes a big difference. I'm not too, sure so. the flavor is that much different. The proof is different. Right. And Which so it makes hits the, the palate different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's just, you, you know, for me, it's like uh, it, I bought, I don't know, like six bottles of batch one at 120 bucks. Yeah. Right. But at 189, I'm I'm out on that. So why don't you keep rocking and rolling? What's your All next right, one? number two, uh, Jay Mattingly. Oh, okay. Okay, so Jay Mattingly mm. is a very interesting distillery experience that you can have in Kentucky. 
And um, so his, his business model is you basically come in and it's like distillery takeover all day, every day at his distillery. Wow. Okay. okay. So you go in, he, they teach you how to take samples out of barrels. They teach you how to proof your own whiskey and you get to make your own blend and make your own bottle. Yeah. Right. Wow. And uh, I, I last time I checked, it was around one hundred and eighty dollars and you walked out with a whiskey that you blended yourself. He's usually there. He's drinking with the with the uh, patrons and everybody has a great time. Nice. But when he came to Texas, um, he was selling his bottles for like one hundred and twenty bucks. OK. And yes, it's cheaper than the one hundred and eighty dollar distillery experience. Um, but it's just a blended whiskey. Right. Right. And so and you had no part in blending that you had no part in blending. And uh, it, from what I can tell, most of the bottles of Jay Mattingly that have gotten, you know, great reviews and whatnot had some MGP high aged light whiskey in it. Mm -hmm. And people love that flavor. So you blend yeah. it in with some younger bourbons and it tastes great. But I just don't feel like it's worth the $120. Mm. And so when I look at my shelf, all my bottles of Jay Mattingly, if I could, I'd put that money back in my account and give those bottles back. Yeah. What's the name of one of the best craft whiskeys in the United States? Frey Ranch. What makes Frey Ranch worthy of that high praise? First off, they're one of the nation's only farm to glass distilleries. That means they grow everything on site that goes into the whiskey. Before the founders Colby and Ashley Frey even started distilling, they knew they were growing really high quality grain on the farm and wanted a way to share it with the world. Having a passion for farming and spirits, they thought, what better way to showcase their grains than to make it into whiskey? Virtually every whiskey you've ever heard of, they can't say that. They even malt their own barley on site. If you know anything about malted barley, a key grain in nearly every whiskey recipe, you know that almost no distillery can make that claim. You might be thinking, but I've tried craft whiskey and I don't like it. Most craft distilleries make whiskey on a pot still. This means the more efficient they try to get in their process, the more the grain solids get burned in the pot, which makes the whiskey taste like over-roasted coffee beans. Plus, pot stills leave in more flavor compounds and oils than traditional column still whiskey. All the whiskey you love from Kentucky is made on a column still where the grain solids never come in contact with the heat source. Frey Ranch had one of the world's first Vendome systems built that does the first distillation run on a column still, but does the finishing run on a pot still. This gives them the control of a pot still without the overwhelming flavors. This is why Frey Ranch is bolder than most, but with none of the off-putting flavors you might have experienced in the past with other craft whiskeys. They have no whiskey less than four years old, with most of the products at five plus years. That is a lot of age for the wild temperature swings that you see in Nevada versus the mild change that they have in Kentucky. If you want to experience well-made, bold craft whiskey with a legacy as American as apple pie, go to the description and click the link. Please use the link so they know that we sent you. When you click the link, you're gonna see that they're available to ship in 30 plus states. They're also available in stores and bars near you in Nevada, California, Arizona, Ohio, and Georgia. And the best of all, they're coming to stores in Texas very soon. Cheers. And speaking of a bottle that I overpaid for and it underdelivered for me, that number one on my list is Elijah Craig 18, this guy right here, okay? I am Elijah Craig fan. I would say that it's not perfect for my palate. Elijah Craig single barrels and the barrel proofs and you know the one-offs, I, I enjoy everything else that Elijah Craig has done. It's not knocked my socks off by any means. But when it came out with the 18 and I began to chase it just because the hype was surrounding it, I've got to admit uh, that I just bought the bottle because 
everyone was talking so much about it. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really tried it. I think I tried it once and it was, I didn't really remember. So I bought the bottle, spent way too much on it, got it home, started sipping on it. And it was just super thin. Yeah. It's a super thin whiskey to me. And it's just over aged, overdone. And it's just a lower proof. And so it's, it's really doesn't, doesn't fit my palate at all. And I, I definitely regret paying what I did for it. I almost put this one on my list. Mm. Um, it comes in last place in every double blind that we do. Yeah. Um, we've done plenty of videos that featured Elijah Craig 18. I, I felt a little uncomfortable putting it on my list because I still buy it. Yeah. But I don't buy it because I think it's a good value or I like to drink it. I buy it because I want people to be able to have sure. the experience when they're at my house. Yep. And, uh, you know, I have a limit. I'm not chasing it at secondary. If I can find one uh, before my other bottle runs out of something at MSRP, then I'll pick it up for that reason. Yep. Uh, so moving on, uh, next on my list was the uh, Angel's Envy Cash Strength Single Barrel. Oh, okay. And um, so this is one, somebody, you know, offered it to me. Lindsay's a big Angel's Envy fan. Um, but for me, and, and you would probably have a different experience with this, but I have that genetic anomaly where I'm a sulfur super taster. Mm, yeah. And because the barrels that they do the secondary aging for um, of this whiskey in are from um, overseas, yep. they my understanding is they treat them with a sulfite solution to keep them from growing microbes in the transit. And um, most people cannot taste that, yep. but I can. And so, um, if if you ever taste a um, an Angel's Envy, and you're tasting something that's akin to like matches yeah. or um, maybe even like a mushroom, you may have a little bit of that sulfur gene. And for me, if if I could send that bottle back and get my money back, I would definitely do it. Well, the next one on the list is one that I think we both share. Uh, it was on both of our lists, and I think that's just because for me personally, it just tastes like an overpriced flavored whiskey and that is good times good times this one is the someone say whiskey pick um but really i'm just not a fan of the flavored whiskey i yeah. mean I, there's not a whole lot of them that i just really enjoy maybe if you're making a cocktail and just want to kind of experiment a little bit with some different flavor profiles but for the most part um i just I just like a straightforward bourbon or a solid American whiskey and the flavored stuff is just not for me. And I've, I've bought it before in the past and have regretted it most every time. Yeah, so my story was uh, good times like hit the world like a, a, a wrecking ball because mm -hmm. when they first started releasing product, they were letting whiskey clubs do whatever they wanted. And it yeah. was a really cool experience for whiskey clubs. And the bottles were pretty expensive for what they were. To me, I feel like for the price, it's just flavored whiskey. Yeah. It's not that it doesn't taste good, uh, but I'd rather reinvest that money someplace else. For sure. Um, and next on my list is this guy right here, MF Libations, which I like to joke stands for Mother, Mother Libations. Yes. You're gonna have to bleep that out. Um, and so it, it, it doesn't stand for that. No, it uh, doesn't. But it's, it's a celebrity gimmick whiskey. Yeah. in my opinion. So my wife, Lindsay, God love her, um, she follows, I think it's the the, the bad guy from um, from uh, the, the zombie show. Uh, Negan. Yeah, Negan. It's Keep, Negan's, yeah, Negan, Negan's whiskey. Yeah, Negan. Yeah. Not uh, Negan. Not Negan, not my son. It's Negan. It's Negan. Uh, he Is also, that where you got his name? 
Uh, no, no. Okay. Um, he um, so Negan also we know him as Denny Duquette. Denny Duquette from yeah uh, from Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah. So beloved character. Yeah. But Lindsay bought it to show a little bit of love, and yeah. it came in, and I was like, this this is this is a gimmick. And Lindsay's I, got a soft spot in her heart for a lot of celebrities. For a lot of celebrities, yeah. And then when they put out their whiskey, she just buys them up. They she does, yeah. yeah. So but the, the next one is is. The name is a is a celebrity name within the world of whiskey, mm-hmm. and that is Sir Basil Hayden. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I love a lot of the Basil Hayden stuff, but the toasted is one that didn't quite meet the par for me as far as the price point goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one that came on the scene. What was that? Maybe two or three years, two years ago. That was just yeah. like everybody. You know, secondary is blown up. The price, the values went up. It was harder to find. And I, I probably overpaid for it, got it. And at 80 proof, I was just not impressed. Uh, a little bit too much for me to spend on an 80 proof whiskey. I, one of my friends came over and uh, loves the stuff. And so I just said, take that bottle home with you, sir, and enjoy it. And that's why it's not even on this bar for us today. But Basil Hayden Toasted, what did you think? Um, I was underwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is, it's, it, the flavor grain is rice. Really? It's brown rice. Okay. And so it, it's a completely it's it's it should be a different profile, yeah. right? So it's it's bourbon, so it's at least fifty one percent corn. I know right. I didn't look up the mash bill before I we did this recording, um, but instead of having rye or wheat in it like it's a typical rice, bourbon, right? it's got brown yeah. rice in it. Huh. So it's a little bit different. And when I tried it, um, it, it was too hot. Uh, it, it tasted off balance to me. Really? And so I actually do not own a bottle yeah. um, because I I tried it and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to buy that when I no. when I see it. Yeah. Um, so next up for me is uh, Very Old St. Nick Rye. Ho, ho, ho. Yes. So uh, backstory on this guy. He uh, this He's from the North Pole. He, backstory. He is. He is. And uh, he brings uh, presents to children in Lots a non-creepy way. Yeah. It's not even creepy at all. This, Cute little reindeer on your roof, yeah. down the chimney, the whole deal. So basically, uh, back during the uh, you know, Bourbon Dark Ages, there was a, a company that started called uh, Very Old St. Nick, and they were non-distiller producers that were getting some epic whiskeys from producers that just didn't have enough demand. And um, I, I believe they were mostly sold overseas, and the brand became super popular. So in the resurgence of bourbon, people were like, holy crap, this is like some of the holy grail of whiskey that was made during this time frame." And so the brand became very popular. So somebody uh, bought the rights to it and started re-bottling. Yeah. And I got caught up in the hype mm-hmm. and I paid, I think $189 for a bottle. And it wasn't even good rye. <laughs> it was just like, it's like there is whiskey in this bottle. There is whiskey, and I think it's rye. I think it's I think it's a rye, and yeah. I just I yeah, and <laughs> and I felt and I had the opportunity to buy the bourbon, and I got to try it before I bought it, and I was like, nope, I'm not spending that kind of money on that whiskey. Um, There's another rye on this list that you didn't prefer. I did not like it at all, and I hate to say this because I mean, it's a great distillery. It's, it's a great brand. distillery. We've been there. We love everybody there. But uh, the uncle nearest rye, mm. um, and this is the actual bottle right here. You can see there's almost none missing out this of it. This is the one drink he had of it. And yeah. It was the last. And so we love Uncle Nearest so much, Lindsay and I, yeah. that um, we buy everything that they release. And so Lindsay, uh, all excited, one day comes in and she said, Uncle Nearest released a rye, and I bought it. 
And um, I'm bourbon boy and she's rye girl, so she loves rye. So she's all excited and we cracked it open. And I don't know what to tell you, it just, it's not for my palate. No. I literally do not like it. Well. Um, now I have heard that they have some other ryes that have come out that some people have given yeah. some good reviews to. Yeah. So you can't, I don't think you just write Uncle Nero's rye off entirely, but I can say uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt um, that this original release of their 100 proof uh, straight rye whiskey was absolutely not for my palate. Yeah. Um, and that's it, a good way of putting it. It's not for your palate. I mean, right. it might be for yours. You may be watching this and saying, I love that stuff. Love and that that's stuff. awesome. That's fine. That's the beauty of all of our palates being different. But What's to, number 10? To, to round out the list, I, I contributed one here to the list that I heard a lot of hype on. And I got to admit, I fell for the trick of a beautiful bottle. Have it you is. ever fallen for that trick? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful bottle. You go in the store, you see it. Oh my gosh, it looks really cool. It looks like it's from like the Prohibition era. It's got the little cork top on it and it is Bib and Tucker. Mm -hmm. Okay, I bought that whiskey. Uh, I don't remember what it was, $70 or $60, something like that. I, I Last time I bought one, it was like 55. I yeah, I don't, I'd be lying if I told you. I don't remember. This was last year, maybe. Uh, and so I bought the bottle, got it home, was excited about it. I brought it actually to a bottle share. was really excited. Everybody kind of tasted it. We're like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. And the more I sipped on it, I was just like bummed out, man. I was like, man, I really expected more out of that one. And so if I had to snap my fingers and say, I want to redo on that 50, 60, 70 bucks that I spent, whatever it was, I want to go back to the liquor store, put that thing back on the shelf and probably pick up a, a Knob Creek or something. Instead, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I just fell for the bottle. And that's that's one thing you follow, you fall for that bottle and then it's like, man, that's a good looking it is got to be good. Bottle. Well, it's and, good marketing. And this is a this, and, and this is a perfect opportunity for us to say everyone's palates are different because I actually like Bib and Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, when I drink Bib and Tucker, Bib and Tucker, it tastes like it's got a anise flavor. Mm -hmm. um, some people would call it black licorice. Yeah. And I hate black licorice. And he hates black licorice. Oh my gosh. I like it. It to me, it tastes like root beer. Yeah. And I, I can't. Black licorice is one of the nastiest things on the planet Earth, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, you may yeah. personally like it. If you love root beer and sassafras and things like that, yep. uh, you're, you're probably going to like it. But if you if you hate those things, don't mess with Ben <laughs> and Tucker. Uh, uh, do not do it. I, and, and this also is worth saying, okay? We've said this so many times, and this is the perfect episode to, to end with. Try before you buy, mm -hmm. okay? Especially if it's over 50 bucks for a bottle, try before you buy. Yeah. And if it's just one of those bottles you cannot find to try, you know you're taking a risk. And that's what we've done. And especially if it's the hype of a bottle and the price point has gotten up there and there's some price gouging going on or whatever's on the secondary, just know that it is a risk. Everyone's palate's different. And if you can't buy it at retail, then try it before you get a chance because that's that's the best advice for something like this. And um, I will also take this opportunity to say there's no such thing as a dream pour. Right. Yeah. I if hate you, that word. If, I hate that word. Um, we don't even allow those that nope. sequence of words to be typed in Bourbon Real Talk community. No. Nope. There's no such thing as a dream pour. We don't, we don't you, even let the word trash whiskey be. No. Because, you know, again, what Andy said is these, these creators and craftsmen have put their hard-earned money, uh, efforts, years and years and years of experimenting into these bottles. Yeah. And so it's hard to even call this any bottle a regret because most of the bottles I've bought that I didn't prefer, I ended up giving to someone else or they still sit on my shelf that other people get to try too. So don't take this as like, hey, I, I'm never gonna buy these whiskeys, try them for yourself. Yeah, so if this is your first time tuning in, we'd love to thank you for the view and also tell you a little bit about our show philosophy. And that is, 
we're all about bringing people together around bourbon. And that's something that's personally important to me because I lost my younger brother, Sean, to suicide in 2014. And in the aftermath of that loss, I was you know, trying to figure out what happened. I realized that he had lost his sense of community from the world around him. And I saw how whiskey was bringing people together and forming community, um, sometimes even between people who would normally not have interacted with one another because of different ideological views and whatnot, because right. whiskey crosses all those boundaries. And so I figured maybe I could do a podcast like this and help you get connected to whiskey and whiskey would do the rest of the job and get you connected to others. But when we were looking to form community and we looked at the other whiskey forms that were out there, we saw kind of the negative side mm -hmm. and that is whiskey trolls. And they can be very hateful to strangers online. And that encouraged Wes to encourage me to start Bourbon Real Talk community. Um, and so that is a troll free environment and it's the, the community is formed. It's more than just a forum. We are literally living our lives together in yeah. there. And, um, you know, seeing those those trolls be hateful to strangers online also helped me to realize that if they can hate you online, there's nothing that keeps me, keeps us from loving you online, mm -hmm. even though we don't really know you. And that's why we end every show the same way. And that's this. If you woke up this morning and you're unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that we, we love, love you. you. We'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. Cheers. <laughs>